and welcome to Marketing Stories. I'm Diane Young, co-founder of The Drum, and in this podcast series, I read to you my favourite articles from our print magazine. In this episode, Ellen Ormisher writes about how genuine purpose has led to improved growth for some brands. This article is exclusively available in The Drum magazine, which you can subscribe to at thedrum.com forward slash subscribe. There was a time when a brand's only purpose was to convince consumers that its product was bigger or better or faster or cheaper, that it would make their hair shinier, their carpets cleaner, that its light bulbs would stay brightest the longest, or that its cake mix tasted the most homemade. For 30 years, we were content for Gillette to be the best a man can get and to add increasing numbers of blades to its razors and claim a closer, cleaner shave. For almost 100 years, John Lewis just had to be never knowingly undersold, but brand purpose had a rebrand and now comes with its own new language and semiotics. Now we have Gillette encouraging men to be the best men can be as it taps into conversations around toxic masculinity. And John Lewis is no longer only concerned with price as it takes a more human touch, telling us, for us, it's personal. Everyone, it seems, has a position on the most pressing social, political and environmental issues of the day. And the theory has been held up by practice as brand after brand finds that purpose pays well. In 2019, Unilever announced that its sustainable living brands, some 28 lines from Dove to Lifebuoy to Vaseline, that communicate a strong environmental or social purpose, have grown 69% faster than the rest of its business and deliver 75% of the company's growth. Unilever Chief Executive Alan Joke also stresses that two-thirds of consumers around the world say they choose brands because of their stance on social issues, and over 90% of millennials say they would switch brands for one that champions a cause. The importance of purpose-driven language for brands appealing to younger consumers is a phenomenon. Stuart Steele, Strategy Director at Brand Consultancy Good, has also observed, the interesting thing about the new generation is that they are all about kindness. They want to give their money to brands that communicate with compassion, he tells us. Certain brands have latched onto the vernacular of compassion earlier than others, particularly in the FMCG and the beauty sectors, Not least, Unilever's own Dove, which has been promoting messages of body confidence and self-esteem since its Real Beauty campaign in 2005. While not without its history of faux pas, the toiletries giant remains one of Unilever's top-selling brands. Last year, it made its latest development in kindness and was certified cruelty-free by PETA. Enrich, not exploit, is how the body shop, meanwhile, expresses its ambition to become the world's most ethical and sustainable business. The Body Shop has held B Corporation status since 2019, meaning it now meets exacting standards regarding its environmental and social footprint as part of a global movement to balance purpose and profit. B Corp certification legally requires companies to consider the impact of their decision on workers, customers, suppliers, communities and the environment in line with United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. As Chris Davis, the Body Shop's Global Director for Corporate Social Responsibility tells The Drum, certified B corporations meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency and legal accountability. This is something that we feel is true to our founding principles and the DNA that runs through the company today. Lush, the Body Shop's youth-orientated shopping centre rival, has also emphasised its commitment to high-quality ingredients from ethical sources. Yet, While the body shop highlights its dedication to ethical business, Lush rejects the word as a company descriptor as part of its brand mission. The brand's ethics director, Hilary Jones, says, 
We've never called ourselves an ethical business internally. And when others started to put the label on us, it made us feel very uncomfortable. Our main concern about the term is that inherent in it is the implication that other businesses are not ethical. The idea that there are two categories, your business can be ethical or what, unethical? Doesn't that mean that we're accepting that normal business is not ethical and can choose to opt into ethics if it fancies? Lush's mission statement instead points to its lifelong commitment to being kind to both customers and the environment by continuing its fight against animal testing, investing in the development of vegetarian and vegan products, as well as new innovations in packaging, to name a few. Jones highlights that for Lush's customers, it is ingredients such as preservatives that elicit by far the most questions. We have always wished to give customers a choice by producing plenty of products that contain no preservatives. Packaging waste and other environmental concerns are probably the current fastest growing areas of customer questions. We've always prioritised naked products that require no packaging. Lush's attitude contrasts with the body shops by the book approach to sustainability. While the L'Oreal brand hues to B Corp standards and has vowed to improve its record on sustainability on an ongoing basis, Jones takes a more radical view. We reject the idea that it is okay for companies to be anything other than ethical, to do any lessons drive to cause no harm to those it touches along the way during the process of doing business. All businesses should be ethical, nothing less should be accepted as the norm, she says. Lush's argument that ethical business should be business as usual recalls other brands that have chosen to differentiate in the market with moral positions and challenge what ethical commitments are possible for a profit-making concern. Patagonia's Don't Buy This Jacket campaign set a high bar back in 2013 when it rejected the Black Friday sales by discouraging consumers from unnecessary purchases and subsequently donating all sales made on the day to grassroots environmental groups. The outdoor brand continued its activism come marketing in 2017 with a campaign of murals spelling out what the brand stands for. Build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. In 2018, it piped up again, promising that Patagonia is in business to save our home planet. Patagonia's purpose stems from its origins as a company founded to help people explore wild places, and its language has subsequently shifted to acknowledge the fact that those wild places must be protected in order for the brand to survive in future. The company's significant commercial success over the last 10 years is more evidence that purpose can serve profit, but only, as Jones stresses, if marketing messages match up with business models. It is action, not words, that we've tried to focus on. Our worry has always been that these words are sometimes used as hollow marketing claims rather than having true meaning, she says. Steele agrees, saying that everywhere you look at the moment, we seem to be surrounded by division and cruelty, and the only purpose that can really challenge that is policy. It is this sentiment that was at the heart of Joke's appearance at Can Lion, when he warned against brands engaging in what he dubbed woke washing and merely co-opting the language of purpose without inciting the necessary change. Woke washing is beginning to infect our industry, he said. It's putting in peril the very thing which offers us the opportunity to help tackle many of the world's issues. What's more, it threatens to further destroy trust in our industry when it's already in short supply. Of course, Joke conceded that the pursuit of purpose will always be in the interest of the sale. As done properly, done reasonably, done responsibly, purpose will help us restore trust in our industry, unlock greater creativity in our work, and grow the brands we love. But, as Steele concludes, 
while brands seeking to learn the language of purpose can never be entirely altruistic, if it's still change, then that's still good. To read this and other marketing stories, subscribe to receive your monthly copy at thedrum.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you for listening.